Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, thank you, Anderson. Th- appreciate it. Have a good weekend. I'm Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. We just got new information. Tonight, we are being haunted by the unknown And we have a big development in the case of that missing New York woman, Gabby Petito. At this hour, according to police and according to an attorney for the fiancé's family, they don't know where Gabby Petito's fiancé now is. Brian Laundrie. They don't know where he is. We have the developments and we will get to the police and we will piece together where we are now and what this could mean. Uh, They are looking for him right now. And by they, I mean the FBI, not just the family. Now, back to the agony of the unknowns. The military didn't know who they actually hit in Afghanistan, they say, when targeting ISIS there during our pullout. The fact, they killed no ISIS member, only innocent civilians and mostly kids. A tragic mistake, says the Pentagon. Questions. Will the Taliban take revenge on the people we promised to get out. And what does this mean for our ability to get them out and to control the enemy from afar as promised? Also, we know that the immune compromised and the elderly as of today can get a booster shot. But what about the rest of us? Unknown. President Biden told us next week he was wrong, apparently. And because he was wrong, The right is already using this as fuel for anti-vaxxers, turning vaccine protection into political projection. And the most dangerous unknown tonight is what tomorrow may bring. No patriot confuses a riot as being righteous. Violence is not strength. Those who broke into our capital were not victims. They victimized our democracy. Fact. Obvious sentiments I just made, right? We all believe that, unless you're one of the people who broke in. We've heard none of them from the big players on the right. Why not? On the eve of another situation, why not? We're on watch tonight for any potential early unrest ahead of this twisted rally tomorrow in support of those who attacked our capital. Homeland Security picked up chatter, they say, encouraging violence on the eve of the rally. But thankfully so far, all's quiet. Capitol Police say this time they are prepared. There have been some threats of violence associated with uh, uh, this, the events for tomorrow. We are hearing, we are hearing some chatter that I think um, it, it would be responsible for us to, to plan the way we've been planning. We're not taking any chances. Good. Fencing is up all around the compound again. And for all the unknown of tomorrow, we already know one thing too well. Trump was in no hurry to stop the chaos of January 6th. And if you had any doubt, he is baiting his brothers once again. Our hearts and minds are with the people being persecuted so unfairly, Trump says, before this justice for J6 travesty. They are not 
being persecuted, Mr. Former President. More than 600 arrested are being prosecuted for what unfolded right before your and our eyes. Again, why is no one in that party saying anything like what I just said? Because Trump is right. His parties, hearts, and minds are with the rioters. Think about it. These senators that are dead set that General Milley violated the Constitution, but no interest in the constitutional protection of our election or the people who wanted to scuttle it. Senator Ted Cruz and co. jumped on revelations from this new Woodward book that our Joint Chiefs of Staff had calls with his Chinese counterpart in the waning days of the Trump presidency. Why? To assure the Chinese that we weren't going to start a war. They hate it. They hate that he did it. But then when it turns out, 15 others were on those calls. The Secretary of Defense was looped in. Tonight, we're learning a deputy to Trump's former acting Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller, held his own call with his Chinese counterpart on January 6th, two days before Milley's second call, further undercutting criticism that Milley went rogue. Do any of them back off? None. Especially Senator Cruz. If he is about law and order and protecting the Constitution, why did he want to be the face of the big lie and efforts to stop certification without cause? Remember this? That's what you want to be the face of. Why is the senator silent about tomorrow? No warnings to those coming to support those who attack the Capitol? In fact, you are more critical of the media than of those responsible for the infamy of January 6th. The same media that you cited as the only proof about your election concerns, by the way. And that's not irony, because it is all a sham. Remember this guy? I'm going to tell you what I really think of Donald Trump. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. Do you? What happened to that guy? I think we know. Cruz and co. are not about real law and order. Their law is to do as ordered by Trump. And now there is a cadre of Cruz's in Congress and even a QAnon kook. And if you don't go along, you got a target on you. Just ask Ohio Republican Anthony Gonzalez, one of only 10 in the House on his side of the aisle, to vote to impeach Trump for the insurrection. He just announced he won't be running again for re-election, citing toxic dynamics in his party as a significant factor. He says he has feared for the safety of his family since the vote. In a new interview, Gonzalez calls Trump a cancer for the country. Well, won't it only metastasize without people in that party willing to speak truth to power? Let's turn to a member of the grand old party, a real one and a better mind conservative radio show host, Mike Broomhead of the Mike Broomhead Show. It's good to have you back on primetime, brother. Always good to talk to you, Chris. Heading into tomorrow, would you have liked more members of your party to say, look, you want to protest? Fine. But do not do blah, blah, blah. This is not patriotism, blah, blah, blah. Any of the obvious things. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't think that the fence needed to go up around the Capitol again. I don't think that needed to happen. But I will say this. 
Um, anybody who was inside the Capitol that day doing damage should be punished. I had tears in my eyes watching members of my party, people carrying the American flag and the Trump flag, hitting police officers with them, uh, being inside doing damage. I think every one of those people should be punished to the full extent of the law. But I don't think we needed a fence around the Capitol again. And I, I would not go to that rally. I will tell you that Oath Keepers, pro, uh, you know, Proud Boys, whatever they are, I, I'm not, it's not my, I would not go to that. And I wish more people would stand up and make the distinction. Wrong is still wrong. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle is doing it. Why don't they do it? You think it's just simple fear of the base? I don't know if it's fear of the base. I think that, um, I think people are staying out of it because it's ugly. I mean, it's just an ugly thing. You know, when you are out there doing damage, it's ugly. And when uh, it's hard to defend, like, again, it's hard for me to come on here and tell you, I don't think that we need to have a fence around there. I don't think we need to put the barriers back up because immediately it sounds like I am defending the people that will be there. I'm not. I just think it's going to be a protest. It should be peaceful. People have a right to be peaceful. I just wouldn't be a part of it. The idea that Gonzalez won't run again because the Trump folk are really, I really think that that's given Trump too much credit. The right fringe of that party and really beyond the party was coming after him. What does that mean to you that a member of your party who was elected to Congress doesn't want to serve because he's afraid? You know, we had the same thing happen here in Arizona when Jeff Flake was not decided not to run for re-election. I've known Jeff Flake for a long time, and I know him to be a good man. As a matter of fact, what's funny about that is when Jeff Flake was in the House and the Senate, he was the most fiscally conservative member. Um, but he did not want to fight against that juggernaut. And I don't blame people for not wanting to get involved in the ugly battle. And I don't know about this representative. I don't know him at all. I've never met him. But, uh, you know, when there comes a point when you say, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to wrestle. The old saying is, you know, when you don't want to wrestle in the mud with a pig, because sooner or later you figure out the pig enjoys it. You know, maybe you just don't want to get involved in the ugly. Is the truth that for now, at least, your party is the party of Trump? And, you know, the guys who went after him once will not go after him now because they don't want to be punished by him and that base. I don't know that our party is the party of Trump. Um, I will tell you that there have been a lot of candidates that the former president has supported that have not been successful. There is an element of, of battle within our party like there is within the Democratic Party. I just think there are a lot of people that don't want to face um, again, for me, it doesn't hurt so much when opposition says something negative about me, but with some of my colleagues or people that I align myself with, when they say it about me, it seems to hurt more. And I just think there's people that don't want to deal with that. But don't you see, I mean, in these guys, Rubio, Cruz, Paul, Hawley, I don't know as well, but these were independent thinkers. These were people uh, who were trying to stake out their own claim. They're all echoes now. Look what they did with Millie. The facts changed. Their positions didn't. Nothing about the rally tomorrow. None of the prescriptions about thinking about the Constitution and country first, the way they said with Millie about tomorrow. All right. Well, to be fair with that, I, I just want to talk about American politics and the way things work. When you were talking in your intro about Ted Cruz and the things he said in the primary about Donald Trump that he doesn't say anymore. Remember, the vice president of the United States called Joe Biden a racist in the primary and then later on said that, well, that was just a debate. That was the way it was. There is a certain amount of what happens in politics when you're trying to win a race, right or wrong, that happens. I don't know that Ted Cruz and I don't know that Marco Rubio are echoes. Um, I do think that they are, there's a part of a partisan politics that they are a part of. 
Um, and I don't know that I would call them an echo. I know that both of them have disagreed with the former president before. And and I don't know why they're doing what they're doing now. And I don't know which part of it I disagree with exactly. They haven't disagreed with them uh, overtly, uh, nearly with the volume that we see with them when it's not about him. But fair point to I you. Agree. Fair point to you, Mike. Um, I agree. What Harris did with Biden in that primary, I thought was way over the line. Or actually, I guess was way you know under the bar of uh, where people should be in a primary. And you're right; that is politics. The question is, you know, do we accept it or do we call it out and reject it? I agree. So I agree. So let's keep doing it, brother. And again, to remind people, uh, that is not Mike in the picture over his shoulder. It's his brother who gave his life to this country and the American flag. Mike Broomhead, be well, brother. Have a good weekend. Hey, man. Always a pleasure to come on. Thanks again, man. Thank you, sir. All right, let's turn back to that important news tonight on the COVID vaccine boosters, okay? The FDA met today, the advisors, the advisors. There are a few layers to this, but this was big. The advisors recommended a booster Pfizer dose for those 65 and up and certain other high-risk, meaning immunodeficient people. We have Andy Slavitt here. He was one of Biden's top voices on COVID early in the administration. What does the announcement mean? What do we know about when for the rest of us, if at all, And what are the politics of this? Next. It seems most Americans will not be getting a COVID booster shot, at least not right now. That's because of FDA recommendations from their advisors today. If that holds, there are layers, but this is pretty persuasive what they did today. It was a day-long contentious meeting. Key advisors to the FDA unanimously voted to recommend Pfizer's booster for those age 65 and up and anyone high risk for severe COVID uh, six months after you get your first two shots. This is not what was expected if you were relying on what the Biden administration had said. They were 16 to 2 against a booster for people age 16 plus. Several members raised concerns there wasn't enough data on young people, especially since they're at higher risk for a rare complication called myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart. That's something you've heard almost nothing about from the Biden administration. So how do we process this? What does this mean about if a booster is in our future? What does this mean about what was said and what will be delivered by the Biden administration. Let's bring in someone who actually couldn't ask for a better guest. Uh, Andy Slavitt, former senior advisor for Biden's COVID response. Uh, He's here, but he was a trusted guest on this show even before he entered the administration. Good to see you. I hope you had an easy fast. Great to be here. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, What's your take on what happened today? Well, I'm not sure why they even voted uh, on 18 and, and over um, given that most people that are between 18 and 30 and 18 and 40, it hasn't been six months and, and there's not a lot of data yet. And the emerging consensus seems to be that their boosters are important, boosters do work, boosters are needed, and that there's probably some number that's either 65 or above or possibly lower, I think personally lower, maybe as low as 40. And so this was the first step in the process. As you said, there's layers. I suspect I wouldn't be surprised if when all is said and done, we end up with a more concrete recommendation that has a lower age. Even if we don't, I think what will happen is as time spools out uh, and we get to the point where more and more people are are at that uh, six-month mark, they'll expand boosters even further. 
So it was a strange way to operate. I think we had a microscope on a messy process, but I think we'll end up in the right place. Messy process. Does that apply to the politics as well? Do you believe it's too early to say that Biden got out over his skis on this? You know, I think what I can't remember exactly the words that the president used, but I but I think he said 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 or should have said or later said that this is all subject to the FDA's review and that he wanted the nation to be prepared. He made it sound like he was going to be bringing us booster shots September 20th. Yeah, there could have been more emphasis on what I think he came back and said later, um, which is that. Uh, was that which, which is that you know this waited this waited for an FDA review. So I think that's a fair comment if he didn't emphasize that enough the first time. I think the second time he came back and, and was a little clearer. And, and that's and that's right. I don't think, but I don't think he had the intention of trying to front run the FDA. Um, I think in the end, I don't think it was it was politics so much as he was trying to be proactive and show that we were going to be ready and proactive. I do think, for what it's worth, the data. Um, can allow you to reach either conclusion, either 65 and above or something lower, depending on what you're trying to solve for. If, if what you care about is keeping people out of the hospital, there's really compelling data above 65, maybe above 50. But if what you care about is keeping schools open, and what you care about is re- reducing the spread, and what you care about is keeping businesses open, you can really justify dropping that down to a lower age. Well, it's just you got to be clear on the messaging for two reasons. One, uh, you know, doubt sows division. And second, it's literally being weaponized uh, by your enemies. That takes me to the last aspect of this, for me at least. Myocarditis. I got a 15-year-old. I got an 18-year-old. I have never heard the administration discuss this at all about any teenager getting the shot. It was always a fringe belief, basically from the left, really. The left anti-vaxxers saying, what about myocarditis? Now today they bring it up. Why have we never heard about this before? Oh, this has been an, this has been kind of an ongoing uh, item that's been reported uh, that, that there has been very rare instances of myocarditis, and by the way, um, rare and treatable. Um, so, uh, but 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 important. And I think it's important. If it didn't get out to you, then something's wrong because um, you know you've got your ear to the ground on everything. No, I've so seen reporting, should... Andy. I've just never seen Fauci or Francis Collins or Walensky, you know, or any of the big names saying this to America. This is something we've got to look at. This is something you may have heard. Here's what we think. Never. I bet Tony's talked about it, but it's a fair point if they haven't talked about it enough. Look, I think your only obligation, and having sat in that role in the Biden administration, your number one obligation is just tell the truth. Don't spin it. Tell the truth as you know it. Um, The people aren't always going to like it. We know that there are modest side effects that happen from time to time. We shouldn't pretend that there aren't any. Um, but then we should talk about what, what that risk is and what the, what the benefit is. Uh, I think people are overly concerned about myocarditis, and maybe that translates into people being too sensitive to talk about it. They shouldn't be. Uh, this is a very rare uh, in- occurrence. Uh, and yes, the other side is going to weaponize everything. But you can't let that dictate your obligation to tell the public the truth. And I think the administration does that for the most part. And I think in this particular case, uh, this is not, that's, this is not that big of a concern. But look, I'll tell you, it's not that big of a concern. But see, that's the thing. When you don't talk about it, now I get to talk about it the way I want to. And there is a little bit of truth. Uh, It is something. It is a possibility. And that's what keeps happening in this, is that gaps 
or messaging inconsistency now gets weaponized and you turn what I keep using, you know, just because it's alliterative and catchy. They keep talking about vaccine protection in terms of political projection. Uh, And every time something like this happens, they get to weaponize it. And by the way, Andy Slavitt, that's why I love having you on the show. That's why I thought it was so great for the administration that they asked you to go in. You know what you're talking about. You do not BS and you will deal with whatever anybody wants to put in front of you. And that is key, especially right now. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, We need to know exactly why an American gave an order that killed those 10 innocent Afghan civilians. Two reasons. Why? One, you're America. Two, you've got to be worried about what happens in response now, especially when we have Americans and allies that are still there. So we need to understand the groundwork laid years ago that helped make what the Pentagon calls a tragic mistake more likely to occur. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Next. Let's start here. All of this was wrong. I know it's a righteous strike. We know who they are. On a vehicle known to be an imminent ISIS-K threat. The fact that two of these individuals are no longer walking on the face of the earth, that's a good thing. The truth? Ten civilians. Seven of them kids. Not a good thing. All killed by the American military. Not a good thing. None of them had anything to do with ISIS-K. When you look at the damage done, keep in mind this was in the middle of a neighborhood. So that secondary explosion, what the DOD said was proof they stopped a terror attack, turns out it was likely somebody's propane tank. The Pentagon today admitting what reporters on the ground have been saying for weeks. Here it is. It was a mistake, and I offer my sincere apology. As the combatant commander, I am fully responsible for this strike and this tragic outcome. Look, it's good that that came out, but not this way. These things happen in war. War is hell, and that is not an excuse, but it is a reality. That's why America has to try very, very hard to be better than the norm and certainly better than this. We got it wrong. That's clear. What's also clear is this wasn't the first time and it won't be the last. I'm telling you that. Strikes like this are the only option we have in Afghanistan. And that's why people were arguing to keep a force there. Not everybody, but enough so that you can have intelligence gathering on the ground. There is no substitute. Remember, Biden said, we're not done fighting terrorists there. Anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. It's just not as easy to do that from abroad. We can only do that using now what they call over-the-horizon capabilities, over-the-horizon. In other words, what? Drone strikes, really. The reality is some 71,000 civilians died in the 20 years international forces were in Afghanistan. And our forces have even fewer resources now to make sure they're doing it right. Simple reason, again, we're not there. A big part of that equation is the fact that in 2017, we made it easier for exactly this kind of mistake to happen. The Trump administration in 2017 relaxed the rules of engagement for airstrikes in Afghanistan. 
And from the end of the Obama administration to the last full year of data we have during Trump's time, civilian deaths increased 330%. How many press conferences at the Pentagon or comments by Congress did you see about those deaths? You never heard me talk about it. Everybody that matters fell asleep. Just like you didn't hear much in 2019 when Trump weakened rules about disclosing how many civilians are killed by drones. For 20 years, both parties accepted thousands of civilian deaths as the price of preventing another 9-11. The question for anyone in power is, is that America at her best? We're going to take a break. When we come back, there is new information in the search for 22-year-old Gabby Petito. There is a new twist. Her last contact with her family was weeks ago, vanished after a cross-country trip with her fiancé. He did not talk about it. He did not lead the search, as far as we know, and he was not cooperative with police. Tonight, new information that absolutely changes the face of this. Next. All right, we have new information on the case of the missing young woman from New York, Gabby Petito. She was with her fiancé. They were doing the van thing, uh, going across the country and hiking. She is now missing. The FBI is now involved in the investigation. That's according to the attorney for Gabby's fiancé, Brian Laundrie. And he is where we find the major twist. Obviously, there's been a lot of curiosity about why he hasn't worked with police yet, why he hasn't said anything, frankly, why he isn't leading this effort to find his fiance. Law enforcement says laundry has refused to speak or cooperate with them. They now say they don't know where he is. Northport, Florida police and the FBI searched his family home early this evening as demonstrators gathered outside. Earlier this evening, the police chief spoke to CNN. Listen. He's physically not in the home um, as, as far as I, I'm aware right now. He could be anywhere. Laundry's attorney says the FBI removed items from the property. We don't know what. You'll remember Laundry and Gabby were traveling together in a white 2012 Ford Transit van. He returned home with the van, but without her. A staff member from a Fairfield Inn and Suites in Salt Lake City told CNN FBI and police officers visited the hotel recently where Gabby was reportedly seen checking out on August 24. She was reported missing on September 11. Joining us now is PIO, a public information officer for the Northport, Florida Police, Josh Taylor. Thank you, sir. Good evening, Chris. So let's begin at the beginning uh, for these latest events. The laundry family asked police to come to the home. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Yes, Why? Sir. So uh, they called us there this evening. Uh, once we've gotten there, they are now claiming that they have not seen their son uh, since Tuesday. Is that why they asked you to come? That was what they wanted you to know? Yes, sir. What were the circumstances surrounding uh, their understanding of where he had gone and uh, why they had waited three days. You know, how do they explain it? Yeah, I think some of that is, this is, Chris, literally these, our detectives were at that house less than 45 minutes ago. They left there. Uh, some of this we're still trying to figure out. You know, we've been trying 
all week to talk to the, his family, to talk to Brian. And now they've, they've called us here on Friday. We've gone to the home and they are saying that they now they have not seen their son. Uh, so we are working through those details as we speak. Um, so it is a it is a, another twist in the story for sure. Do they explain it as him just disappearing? Was he angry? Did he leave a note? What was the last message? Anything like that? Right. Uh, I We do have some details on that, Chris. I, respectfully, I just cannot release those yet. I think that that will come out here very shortly. Uh, we just want to get our, our ducks in a row a little bit. This is a this has been a very uh, quickly developing situation here in just the last hour, really, for the most part. Uh, so we're, we're working through that. We want to make sure that we're accurate in, in everything that we're saying. Uh, but let's do it this way. Do you have any indication uh, to work off of, of what his state of mind is and where he may be? We do not. We have not. We have. We tried to talk with Brian on Saturday. Uh, we were refused uh, being able to speak with him. Uh, his parents essentially handed us a note for their attorney. Uh, which we uh, have reached out to on multiple occasions. Uh, we, this is our first interaction with them here Friday. Uh, we know that uh, this young man was back here in our community on September 1st. She was not reported missing by her family until September 10th or 11th, I'm sorry. Uh, so there's already been a, a huge amount of time uh, that he's been back here in this community. To your knowledge, has Brian Laundry explained anything to anyone about Gabby's disappearance? Did the family know anything? What the family knows, we need to know from them. Uh, it is very possible that he's shared some of these details with them. Uh, they obviously weren't there, so they would be getting his rendition, potentially, of whatever took place. So, uh, But certainly we would love for them to share with us what he shared with them. They still haven't? Not to my knowledge, sir. Uh, a search of the van, is there any indication, other than the curiosity of his noncompliance, that indicates foul play? I don't know that there's anything definitive on that. I'll, I'll say that uh, the FBI, along with our team, went through that van, uh, I think, Tuesday of this week. You know, sometimes you only get one shot at it. so. Uh, it was done with a, a team full of, of experts who do this all over the country. Uh, I can tell you that there were items taken uh, from that van, and, and certainly they're going through the, the process. Have you guys developed a timeline yet in terms of uh, when Brian left and what his movements were? Yeah, I think we have an idea. You know, with every tip that comes in, again, 1-800-CALL-FBI, that, you know, that van made it across this country uh, it certainly didn't do it on one tank of gas. Uh, there were people that, that saw this van, uh, you know, all the way down in, here into Florida. Um, I don't know that I fully answered your, your question, Chris, but, uh, you know, we're certainly putting that timeline together with every call that comes in uh, with people who say, I saw them. We worked to confirm it. We worked with agencies across this country in, in little towns and big towns and, and, and you know, just trying to corroborate. Uh, you know, the information that comes in, we get a lot of information that it simply is incredible. Right. Uh, but uh, those nuggets that help that time frame, you know, you, you think you've got it. You think you've got what's going on. Another piece of information comes in and now all of a sudden that's not credible. Uh, so it, it is fluid. Uh, does the FBI have better capabilities to try to locate Gabby's cell phone? Uh, we are working in collaboration with the FBI. Certainly, I, I mean, 
the answer to that question is yes. Uh, well, we are working and co collaborating with them, not only the FBI out of Tampa, the FBI office out of Denver. Um, so uh, there's no shortage of, of collaboration and us use, utilizing every, tools, every tool that they have. What, you know, at the end of the day, we do not believe if there was a crime that was committed that it happened here in our community in Northport. So it will ultimately, if we get, we're still open for the best, don't get me wrong, um, but we have to plan for the worst. And uh, ultimately that's probably going to rain down on some other community here in the United States. Josh Taylor, thank you very much uh, for giving us information uh, from the uh, Northport, Florida police. Appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. All right. Be well and good luck. All right, I want to also make sure everyone sees the new missing person poster for Gabby that the FBI released today. Again, you can call the FBI if you have anything, 1-800-CALL-FBI. That is 1-800-225-5324. Now, finding is the job, but missing is the agonizing reality for the Petito family. The 22-year-old's stepfather is here. And every day is hell for them until they find out where she is and God willing that she's okay. What does he want us to know? What does he make of this twist? Next. Let me show you uh, the good news. The FBI is now heavily involved in this investigation. Nobody is better in our system at finding people. They have a missing person poster now for Gabby Petito. Uh, they are involved in the case, of course, with local police, and they're going to be different jurisdictions involved as they find places to look. Uh, I want to bring in Gabby's stepfather to see what the family makes of the new developments. Uh, it is good to see you again, brother. I'm sure the information that uh, the family says they haven't seen Brian since Tuesday uh, is tough to, to hear. Uh, yeah, it's the first time we're hearing it. Uh... I don't think I, I even had a moment to, to fully digest it yet. Um, yeah. So they called. I don't, I don't even know what to say. They called the police and asked them to come and then told them that um, and that they don't know where he is. Uh, do you believe that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, we're happy that they called the police in and they want to cooperate. But until I hear something official from the law enforcement, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to speculate. I, I don't know what to believe in your head, and your heart. Is there any good reason for someone who cares about Gabby to not be participating in the search? I think we've gone over this over and over again, and uh, I don't think anybody has an answer for that. There's, it, it doesn't make sense. In the time that you knew them together, was he ever somebody that you were worried about? At this point, I'm not going to comment on, on their relationship anymore. All right. In terms of what you can control right now, uh, what is it that matters to you and what you're able to do and what you need help with? All that matters is, is finding her and bringing her home. Uh, we're still trying to get the word out there, you know, and, and try to find that one person that might have some details that we need and just, just trying to get out there and find that person. And, and, and hopefully they can help us with anything, you know, that'll, that'll bring her home. When you go back now and look at the last couple of times that you were in contact with Gabby, uh, is there anything there that 
you didn't see during those communications that is helpful now? I'm not sure. Uh, we've been analyzing everything as, as much as we can. And, you know, your mind races in a million different directions when you're, when you're trying to put something like this together. And it's, we're just told, still trying to get a, a full grasp on the whole situation. Look, you're a dad, not an investigator. Um, and nobody expects you uh, to be the person who puts the case together to find out um, where your daughter is. How are you holding up? How's your wife? How's the family? Yeah, we're, uh, we have each other right now and we're, and we're keeping each other up. Uh, we're remaining strong. You know, we have our moments. Uh, we're human. But we're, we're still focused on what we need to do, and that's to find her. And uh, we're determined to do that. All right, listen, I'm not going to belabor this. What can we do? Just keep getting the word out. The FBI put a, a, a new poster out. We got uh, it up some, on the screen right now, photos. Jim. Yeah, that's that's huge. It, it's, you know, some different photos, you know, not just the ones that have been out there. So maybe that sparks something in the public that somebody didn't recognize before. And just keep getting that word out there and, and, and keep keep this fresh in the media. So, you know, it, it keeps going until we find her. We intend to do uh, just that. And as uh, we said in the past, uh, you got my number. You can use it whenever you want. Um, things that you hear, things that you haven't heard, whatever it is that helps, that's our job. All right. Thank you so much. All right. I wish uh, strength uh, and togetherness right now for the family as you get through this. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that I'm just very caught off guard by, by just hearing what we heard. So, Hey Jim, you should be, uh, this, this is not a good development. The way it developed is not good. Um, and it should be upsetting. It's upsetting to people who never met Gabby who are following this. It certainly should be upsetting to those who love her most. Um, so you have nothing to apologize for and I'm sure everybody's going to do the job. I know we will. Uh, Jim Schmidt, strength, uh, and uh, I know that you guys are praying, and I'm sure a lot of people are praying with you. And we're here. We're a call away. God bless. Thank you. All right. That is Jim Schmidt. That is the stepfather of Gabby. Uh, That is her father. He loves her very much, trying to find her. 1-800-CALL-FBI. If you have any tips, 1-800-225-5324. We'll be right back with the handoff. Quick program note, uh, Sunday night, there's a special, The Price of Freedom, a CNN film that explores how the NRA went from a nonpartisan sporting enthusiast organization to a politically influential force shaping American policy and culture for more than five decades. There are a lot of surprises in there. And after that, we have a special edition of Cuomo Primetime. We're going to look at the issues examined in the movie with some key players. It's Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. So, look, just take one step back uh, to Gabby Petito. We're getting a ton of questions about it. This is a big question mark. And absolutely, it is fair scrutiny to say the person who has to know the most has participated the least. And no, in my 20 plus years of doing this, I've never seen anyone who cares about someone who goes missing not having anything to do with the search. That cannot be seen as dispositive or even indicative of guilt. There is no crime here. This is a search. 
it just has to be really discomforting for the loved ones of Gabby to hear that the person they need to hear from most is gone. And his family didn't know for three days. You'd think all the strain, all the stress. If he did nothing, you know, anything here to be culpable about, they must be keeping tabs on him. They must be worried about him. Three days? And then you call the police and say, we don't know where he is? Um, It's very upsetting. It's very curious. And the search will continue. Don Lemon tonight with its big star, D. Lemon, right now. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.